And um, so if you have something in your mind, you want to come up here. We want to come up here. Since she's not going to see us, we're not going to see her. She can see us. We'll come up to this mic and tell her thanks, okay? So think about that as we talk about everything that's going on here this morning. You can take me down just a little bit, Fred. Um, joy comes comes because of us hearing God's word. Um, but it's a rough time to have joy sometimes. Um, you know the story of the 12 Days of Christmas, that song? Um, I showed a video of it the other night, and it was all about the frustration of Christmas that sort of had the same things. Uh, you know, it starts with that um, partridge in a pear tree. Is that the song? You know what I'm talking about? Uh, then there's two turtle doves, three French hens, um, four calling birds, five golden rings, six geese laying. What a mess, you know? <laughs> Eight maids are milking. There's nine ladies dancing. And there's ten lords probably leaping after them. I'm not sure, but there's 11 pipers piping and 12 drummers drumming. Now, if that song, I don't know what it's for or anything, but if you want to take the joy out of Christmas, there it is. <laughs> you know, if you're going to buy those Christmas presents for that person, whoever he's singing to or she's singing to, it's going to cost you $45,000. That's if you just buy 12 things. If you buy all 364 gifts that are mentioned there, it'll cost you a little over 200000 No, I'm sorry, joy's gone. Oh, my goodness, I'm telling you. <laughs> I don't know about you, but uh, about this time every year, I get pretty much filled up with Christmas. I, I know it's a couple of weeks away yet, but I get filled up with Christmas. Now, I don't get filled up with the birth of Christ. Amen? Difference, isn't there? There's a difference between being filled up with, with Christ coming into our lives and the Christmas hoopla that we all take. I mean, you... Listen, you know that you've had enough Christmas when, when you've got green and red bags under your eyes. I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. I spent five hours taking lights off of our Christmas tree. Five hours I took taking lights off of our Christmas tree. And now every time I walk by it, I think it's taunting me. And saying, you stupid, I got you, didn't I? You know, I had to cut all the wires. I, it was crazy. Whoever put it on there didn't want to ever change those lights. We know we've had enough Christmas when we're listening to the sleigh bells ring. Are you listening? And we scream at the song, no, I'm not listening. I'm done. I've had enough. I even had this friend of mine in Caldwell. He said, I'm so tired of it. I'm going to go out on the roof with my pellet gun and shoot the next the caroler I see coming through our house. <laughs> I'm telling you. And I guess the key is, is when you sit down to, to have dinner and you know you've had enough Christmas when you ask what's for dinner and they say it's a reindeer pie. <laughs> so... It's crazy, isn't it? It's ironic to be um, um, sick of Christmas. But sometimes it happens and we get that way and things don't go the way that we think. Um, we, we try to find our joy and, and that happiness and, and figure out that the happiness isn't in Christmas and the presents because they go, they go away just like this. But um, 
our job, I think, is not to lose sight of this whole issue of, of Christmas, the child being born, the child coming into our presence, the child being here with us. And it's a, it's a great day of joy. And I want to read three scriptures with you this morning and um, see if we can't muster something out of them. The first one's from, I think, John, or Luke. Yeah, Luke 2. Just verse 17, but you'll want to read these in context. Now, when they had seen him, the shepherds, when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. That's a great verse right there. That's why I went there. And then in Psalm 107, it tells us this. Let them sacrifice the sacrifices of thanksgiving and declare, declare his works with rejoicing. You hear that? With joy we should offer our sacrifices. And then Paul in 4.4 Philippians says this. Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always. And if you didn't hear it, let me say it to you again. I say to you, rejoice. My friends, this is the word of God for all of his people. Thanks be to God. Well, if you look at that scripture... um, um, In context, verse 17, you have to go back up to verse 10. um, And that's what causes us to not have um, a a sad day of Christmas when we're joyous, extremely with us. It says um, in verse 10, it says, don't be afraid. The angels are talking to to the shepherds. Don't be afraid. We're bringing you good news. Good news. And then I want you to hear this. Good news of great joy. Not joy. I'm not bringing you news of joy. Christmas does that. I'm bringing you something even better than that. I'm bringing you great joy. For unto you is born this day. Amen? I always, I always like that. The shepherds are, are uh, uh, the people. They get to hear the message the first time. The first time they get to hear it. And, and we romanticize the shepherds, don't we? We romanticize them and, and, and uh, put them up in a place where they're the coolest people in the world. When in reality, and if we understand their place in culture, they're not. They're not uh, the significant people. Um, we need to understand that um, the angels didn't go to Caesar's place. They didn't go to Rome, you know. They didn't go to the rulers and the and the scribes and the Pharisees and the religious leaders in, in Bethlehem and Jerusalem or any place else. Um, they didn't go to the, the people who had influence and could do something. No, they went to these shepherds. They went to people who were the lowest of the low in that community and that culture at that time. They were, there was only one person lower than them, and that was a, a leper. They couldn't even go to court. They couldn't be in court. They couldn't go... They couldn't go to worship except for times when they specifically made themselves clean by going to the, to the priest and getting, getting and doing whatever the priest said they had to do to become clean so that they come, could come and worship. But they didn't spend time in the temple. They spent time with their, with their sheep doing all that they could do. They were the lowliest low of, of people of all to come to. And that's who uh, the angels chose to come to. I think it's too cool. It's way too cool. It's a, it's a, it, it symbolizes the beauty of who Jesus is and his ministry. 
I mean, you think about it. He went to the shepherds, then he went to, remember Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus, the guy nobody liked. He had to climb a tree just to see Jesus. He said, come on down, brother. We're going to have dinner tonight, you know. He went to the Zacchaeus. He went to the woman at the well. Always fascinated in John chapter 4 when he goes to that woman and says, you're special. And she took off and brought all the people back from her town. Said, you got to go see this guy. He knows everything. He went to that woman who was caught in adultery. Those are the people we know. I know he probably went to some more unknown people that we have no idea about. Common people. People who were the, the backbone of the, of the society at that time that did all the work. Those are the ones that Jesus found time for. They're the ones that he, Jesus reached out to, out to all the time. And, and those are the ones that he cared for. Cared for deeply. Deeply, my friends. These shepherds became the first Herods. Heralds of the birth of Christ. So I wonder, is it possible to have a, a miserable Christmas and still experience great joy? And the answer is? Okay, good. <laughs> if you're listening with me, uh, let me share with you how that can happen. How that can happen, we can have the, uh, around us, everything can be falling in. You know, just like I, I, when um, uh, Sharon told me that uh, Niall was going to have, um, uh, what's he going to have, a heart pacemaker put in? I, I thought, Jesus, well, your plate's full enough, isn't it? You know, we keep thinking that, don't we? In the midst of everything going on, my plate's full enough, no more, Lord, right now. And then something else gets plopped on there. I'll tell you how how we can do this, it's because a Savior has been born. We need to hear that. A Savior's been born, um, and we don't need to be afraid because there's great news. Now, let me just quickly give you some thoughts on that. The reason we can have um, a great joy for Christmas is because of a condition that this, this verse says. And if you look at it real closely, we miss it. Don't be afraid. There's a condition to having great joy. Don't be afraid um, of what, anything that's going on. If we, want, if we want real Christmas joy, we can't let the things of this world, the things of Christmas, steal that away from us. And unfortunately, that's what happens, isn't it? We let the things of this world, we let the things of Christmas take away that great joy that we should have. Because, I don't know about you, but when we, when, it's like, a, it's like at funerals, isn't it? Whatever's going on in your life before that funeral happened, it just makes it even larger. If you're having troubles in your family and you have a funeral, don't think it's going to get better. It's just going to get bigger. If you have a great family connection and you have a funeral, it gets bigger. That connection gets bigger and better. Because you're celebrating the same thing. We too often miss the great joy because we, just sat, we, we satisfy ourselves with just having joy of Christmas. I'll have a lot of joy watching Claire open her presents, won't we? You'll have a lot of joy doing that. Amen? Watching your spouse, watching your sweetheart, watching your kids, whatever it is. We'll have a lot of joy watching 
clear open her presence, and then her and I will take off and go for a ride someplace because it's all over with. Hmm? You know? And we'll have fun together, but it won't be about Christmas. It'll be about being together and having great joy. Ah. I remember watching a young boy open up all of his presents, and, and when he was done, there was uh, Power Ranger time, you know, back a long time ago. When he was done, he just he cried and had a fit because there was no more presents. And he opened up ten of them. I couldn't believe it. Ray Steadman, um, great theologian, theologian of our day, he says this. Here, he says, here's the, the chief mark of a Christian seeking great joy. It ought to be the absence of fear and the presence of joy. He says, I've often quoted the description of a Christian this way. A Christian is one who, com- who is completely fearless, continually cheerful, you got that? And constantly in trouble. Yeah, that's what he describes as a Christian. He says, in the, in, it is the presence of joy and the absence of fear that marks our genuine Christianity and proves that we are what we claim to be. So if we really want to have a great Christmas and remove, or great joy and remove that, that great Christmas thought, we need to focus in on having Christ as our great joy. The angel said, don't fear anything. Don't fear anything. Don't fear, because there's great joy coming. <laughs> Don't be afraid. Have joy, my friends. There's a call. If you listen to it, secondly, there's a call. And the call is, I have, I have brought you good tidings of great joy. In other words, even if you don't feel like it, even if you don't feel like it, I, I can imagine some of those shepherds are saying, oh, shoot, man, I got a delivery here in a couple minutes, you know? <laughs> I can't be fooling around with this. Uh, there's a lot of reasons For us not to be joyful at this Christmas season. But there is a lot of reasons. And I'm just going to give you one that we should be joyful. And the call is that for you and I, being joyful and having that great joy brings us something we we often forget. It brings us health. It brings us health in the midst of everything that's going on. One of the most powerful um, images that we have in our world today is the idea of sharing Christ with somebody else. Um, sharing the good news, sharing the things that's going on in our lives. Uh, um, even in the midst of the struggles, uh, gosh, it was Friedrich Nietzsche, um, atheist and German philosopher, who said to a bunch of Christians one day, he said, if you want me to be one of those believers and your redeemer, he said, you need to do something for me. You need to look a whole lot more redeemed. You all get that? If we want to be, if we want to be that person who brings about healing in this world, we need to hear the call that we're to do that, to go and do that and be that healing agent for um, whoever God sends our way. And how do we do that? Well, right now, for the past, this, almost this whole year, we've been saying, God, we just want a little bit more of you in our life today. That's a, that's a breath prayer. I just need more of you. Help me to have more of you in my life today than I did yesterday. My goodness. Things like that happened. We would become a better reflection of who Christ is. And people would be coming to us and saying, what in the world are you doing? I know things in your life are crazy. What is going on? And then we get the opportunity to share with them. 
That's our calling, to share with them. There's a great joy to be had, and it's to know Jesus Christ. And the minute you start doing that, your life changes. You forget about all your aches and pains. You forget about everything that's going on because God has given you a great joy that you can't even begin to imagine. It's hard to explain when you get to tell somebody about what God has done for you. And that's that third thing that I think we need to understand, that to have this conditioned call um, that we uh, have in, in Christ at this Christmas time, to have that Christmas joy that's great joy, we need to do exactly what the shepherds did. And you see it in verse 17? All they did was when they seen the baby Jesus, they were so overwhelmed they couldn't do anything else. I, I bet you it didn't take them long to get to the manger, but it took them a lot longer to get home from the manger. Well, well let's go see Bob. You know, Bob, we've got to tell Bob about all this. And they leave Bob's house and they say, oh, gosh, what about Paul? We need to go tell Paul in case he doesn't know what's going on. And I bet you they went to every person, every person they knew, every shepherd probably they knew, every person they knew, they went around and told people exactly what had just happened to them. They'd experienced the Christ child in their life. And they went by, went out and, and did all. If you look at Psalm 107 in, in a different version, it says, uh, um, with joy, with joy, we should tell what God has done for us. Amazing thought, amazing story, amazing thing that we can tell people that we, can, we have something spectacular. It's great joy. And to tell people about that, and, and especially when they, they ask you what's going on. Do you, want me, do you want me to share something with you just real quick? I think right at this time of the year, people are wanting to be asked to come to church. I really believe that. And then what do we do? We say, oh, it's good to see you, you know. See, the roof didn't fall down, you know, stuff like that. Well, I wouldn't come back neither if somebody said that to me, you know. But we need, to, we need to invite people. I think people are waiting. I think our family members, our friends, people we don't know, people we meet, met a guy ringing the bell the other day, invited him to come to church. Anybody else do that? Oh, Sharon did. <laughs> yeah, met, uh, he's um, from Grafton. I said, hey, come to church. He's living with his daughter. So hopefully he'll come in one day. I think people were wanting to come to church at this time of the year, and Easter. And we, shouldn't be, we should be saying, hey, come and experience this great joy. And perhaps because of some reading or some song or something that's being said, some hug, whatever it is, their heart gets touched. That's all the shepherds did. In the midst of everything going on, Paul says to us, Rejoice. And I want you to know that Paul was not in a pretty neat situation when he said that. He was in jail. They, didn't, they were holding him for trial. He didn't know if he was going to get beheaded or, or put in a dungeon. It didn't matter. He said, in the midst of whatever's going on in your life, don't worry about it. Rejoice. Too many of us say, okay, I'll rejoice when this crisis is over. I'll rejoice and be happy when everything's done and everything's calmed down. Well, if that's the way it's going to be, it's never going to be calmed down. Amen? It'll never happen. So what Paul is saying to you, no matter what's going on in your life and what the angel said to those shepherds, no matter what's going on, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid because I have great news with great joy involved in it. I have good news with great joy. Praise God. I think that um, we need to listen to our friend Paul. We need to listen to God's word and, and hear him say to us, 
Go tell people about Christ. Rejoice in the fact that you get to do that. Did you hear what he said? Rejoice. Rejoice. It doesn't matter what you're going through. Rejoice. Don't wait. Rejoice. If you didn't hear me, if you weren't listening, you know what he said. Rejoice. What kind of great joy do we Do we have great joy today or do we just have Christmas joy? I hope we have great joy. Praise God. Praise God. Let's pray together. God, thank you this morning. Thank you this morning for your, your, your word that challenges us. Not just to have joy, but to have great joy because of your gift. Help us to take that gift and share it, Father. Let us not keep it. Thank you, we pray today in your son's name. And all of God's children said, amen. Okay, Susan, we're going to...